All right, we're back for another episode of Sand Dollar for Your Thoughts. I'm here with Joseph Apato and Eugene Joseph Zedzina III. I went full name. You guys are going to have to deal with it tonight. <laughs> um, we are here today because we are going to do a draft of some fictional restaurants and eating establishments that have been a part of some of our favorite movies and TV shows. And but before we get to that, I'd like to just ask to see how you guys are doing. Yeah, I mean things are good. Um, I can't believe it's already January is already almost over, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, I wish I had some spectacular things going on, but the NFL playoffs are tomorrow, so that's something to look forward to. I think. Joe, what about you, my friend? The big news here is that it's pouring rain. That's always a unusual thing in southern california but i think in the next week or two weeks we're supposed to get two years worth of rain wow which is uh, uh just a crazy statistic and see that's exciting i mean i i've really grown to appreciate the rain because you can just sit inside it doesn't make me feel guilty about watching tv or playing video games but i mean la especially considering that you've been in a drought for the longest time and just been without mm-hmm. rain yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite time, A, because of everything you said, EJ, but also it's a free car wash. And, True. Uh, gotta love that. True. <laughs> For all us people balling on budget over here, it's absolutely yes. something I was looking forward to. Yeah, but what about you, Jake? What's new with you? Uh, well, just going back to work full time in the office, not working from home, which I'm very, very excited about. I enjoy seeing people and being able to see my coworkers. Um, I know what's going on in the world right now is the vaccine is starting to uh, go out there to first responders and nurses. And I guess it's going to be available to general public sooner than what I initially expected. I'm not exactly sure on what the date is, but I know senior citizens over the age of 75, I think are the next ones to get it. So it's interesting to see the story, you know, go, go through the news and see how exactly this vaccine is going to play play out for us. And we officially have a new president and that's, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But, um, so we do have a draft for you guys and this one is particularly interesting. It's each of us are going to draft three fictional restaurants and we are going to start off with none other than EJ, because you are the one who uh, came up with a good portion of this list. I know we contributed along the way, but um, you were the one that at least set up for us. So I figured, why not start us off? Yeah, so I I just thought, um, why not switch up the format a little bit? So what's interesting is we compiled a list of fictional restaurants, and I'm assuming we're going to do a snake draft. We're going to have three picks each. We'll go... One, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. So it, not only is it going to be a little bit of strategy to pick what you want, but you also are putting in the factor that we're going to put the restaurants we pick up against the other restaurants. And we're going to ultimately decide which restaurant would have the best food. So it's going to be really interesting going from, okay, we like these restaurants to almost like a, an Iron Chef competition. Uh, but just to, to kind of go through some of the places we have, um, we have the Mos Eisley Cantina, Krusty Krab, Central Perks, 
from Friends, the Green Dragon Inn from Lord of the Rings, Bob Burgers, the Cheers Bar, the Three Broomsticks from Harry Potter, Monk's Cafe from Seinfeld. We have Krusty Burger. We have the Cluck and Bell. Uh, we have Arnold's from Happy Days. We really tried to make as diverse of a list as possible from all forms of fiction. Hey, as, as long as I get the restaurants of my choosing and you guys don't steal them, I am going to be one happy clam. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is that I think this is a really ambitious project that we came up with, and it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to figure it out as we go and put it together, but uh, there's a lot of exciting ideas at, at play and at stake, so uh, I'm ready to get into the draft whenever you guys are. Yeah, so starting off, we need to do our ceremonial rock, paper, scissors to determine the order of the draft. Um, so the first loser will automatically be third because we're all trying to fight for first place. So <laughs> everybody raise your fists up in the air. All right, ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I th- oh, Joe went through. Yeah, so, so Joe gets first pick, and Jake, I, we're just going to battle for second. Yeah, because... I, I had scissors. Were your, was your scissors? I couldn't I, really tell. I was scissors, yeah. Okay. And I had rock, so I beat these two fools. So right. Joe's going to uh, pick first, and Jake and I have to battle for second now. All right. Rock, rock, rock paper, scissors, scissors, two. Oh, Jake has Ooh. paper. I have rock. So I'm going to go last. Jake is going to go second. But you'll be first in the second round. Yes. Right. I, I will have back-to-back picks, uh, but then I will go dead last. So it's it's because it's a snake draft with only three of us. So it's it's gonna be spicy. I'm I'm so ready. So do I get to make my first pick now? Yes, sir. You're number one. All right. With the number one pick, the Houston Oilers select. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Good Burger for this one. Wow. Whoa. The That's 101 so- is Good Burger. <laughs> I'll, wow. I'll, I'll dictate it in the list so we can see kind of who has what. Joe, man, I, I'm shocked because I remember when we were coming up with this list, I think <laughs> I threw it out there and you yeah. made like a small little comment saying it's like, ugh, good burger. Or actually, maybe, maybe it was DJ, but somebody made some kind of comment about it. So I'm very shocked with the number yeah. one overall pick that good burger is off the board. I. This is a movie. It's based off the movie Good Burger, um, which is probably obvious to most people our age, but um, it's a movie that was like the biggest thing when we were uh, maybe what eight years old, and since then it's aged terribly. And I watched it I think a year ago, and I almost couldn't watch it. It was so bad, but I picked it for a particular reason, and hopefully the rest of my picks will sort of illuminate what I'm my, what my strategy is, but. I digress. You'll you'll have to find out when we get there. But there you go. Good See, burger. I, I thought you were going to take Good Burger, but the fact that you went at 101 is is shocking. I Listen, I don't want anyone else to take Good Burger. And that's, I want I mean, to take it off the table immediately. That's part of the game, so. Fair enough. Um, I'm coming in at number two, and I'm actually going to go with the Green Dragon Inn from The Lord of the Rings. Mm. Okay. I, I mean, I, you su- you're the one who suggested that one in the first place, and uh, I I can see like it makes sense. I mean, considering that it's 
it's an inn, so there's going to be good drinks flowing around, and it's going to be some of the freshest food coming in as well, just because it's, you know, it's even though it's in a fictional movie, it's in a natural farmland in the Shire, and they have nothing but fresh ingredients all over the place, and really some authentic cuisine. I think it's going to be quite nice. All right, so the Green Dragon Inn, the 102, to none other than Jake. That means I have two picks in a row now, which is uh, it's pretty awesome, but I'm not going to get to pick for a while. Um, the, the first pick is is no question. I'm taking the Krusty Krab. Uh, I'm sorry. When you saw what happened when Squidward tried a Krabby Patty, the man got dumb thick in less than five minutes of real time. <laughs> and uh, first of all, his physique was gorgeous. And... He, he enjoyed risking it all for that physique. I SpongeBob is willing to die for the Krusty Krab. Mr. Krabs is willing to die for the Krabby Patty formula. It's it's just something that I have to have in my life. So I'm going with the Krusty Krab at 103, and then it's where it gets tough. I man, I'm I'm very torn here. There's a lot of good spots. There's a lot of good spots. And I'll admit I'm. Also surprised that you didn't go with a Disney pick for your number one. Well, one of the interesting upsides that I just thought of with the Krusty Krab, you know who the employees are at the Krusty Krab. You mm-hmm. know it's going to be SpongeBob and and uh, Squidward in there working for you in our competition. The These other places, you don't necessarily know who's working at you know Pizza Planet or Gaston's Tavern. So that's a that's I like I kind of like that, but we'll see if it works out for you or if it hurts you having SpongeBob, you know. Uh, it's, it's totally fair. Uh, I'm I'm scrolling through at my second pick in the first round. I'm gonna go with the three broomsticks from Harry Potter. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I saw this scene in Hogsmeade, I I just I wanted to go so bad. Harry Potter is one of the few universes that I, I, I wish was real. Um, I think it's it's interesting because it's an inn and pub. So it's it's kind of, it gives you kind of that multifaceted experiences where it's an inn, but it's also a pub. Um, so to butterbeer, I don't have to say anything else. It's, it's <laughs> butterbeer. So that's my, just... my second pick. First round, second pick. So I just I, point out that you and Jake are both, uh, you both have the fantasy themed places right now. You have Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. So I uh, let, let's see if you two can separate yourselves with this pick. And on the flip side, you did mention how you you know the staff at the Krusty Krab, and you're either going to get fantastic service in SpongeBob, or you're going to get the worst service imaginable from Squidward. Um, and from the three broomsticks, you're obviously not necessarily sure who the staff are there. And EJ, again, um, I have a question for you. Have you ever gone to Universal Studios since you live in Florida and tried their butterbeer? Oh, it is. The butterbeer, I believe, is the best, the best food or drink item in the theme park industry. And I'm a I'm a Disney guy. I love almost everything Disney has to offer. Um, 
from a food and beverage perspective. But the butter beer, they have hot, cold, and frozen. Cold is really good, but frozen butter beer is I would go to Universal just for the frozen butter beer and do nothing else. Is it is it better than the Dole Whip? Yes. Yes it is. Okay. I see I, I agree. I think butter beer is the best thing ever, but um I know that there's a lot of people who might disagree, but I, I'm with you 100%. I I'm bringing it for the rest of the for the rest of the show, so don't forget about butterbeer, kids. Now, is this something that I might be able to potentially order online and possibly get? Because I have never tried butterbeer before, and I've I, always been curious. I, I'm sure there are kind of DIY home recipes you could try, but for the first time. You have to get the butterbeer in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You, it just because no matter how close you make it, it's not butterbeer. And so a fun fact, another fun Disney fact is originally Disney had the rights to Harry Potter, but J.K. Rowling wanted too much control over it, which is fair. She wrote the books, mm-hmm. but Universal ended up getting the rights for Harry Potter, and I mean, they went so into detail for this as they should have. And the butterbeer is a great reflection of that. I, I just feel like there's no other way you could make it that would uh, capture the the taste. Okay, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it, considering that I'm not going to be able to go to Universal for quite some time, given the state of the world. But you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where I can travel down to Florida and come meet you, and you can introduce me to my first glass of butterbeer. It, it would be a good time. I'm just saying. Looking forward to it. Um, I've been going back and forth with my second pick, um, mostly because I'm looking at this list of restaurants right here, and we have a lot of we have a lot of burger joints on here. Um, so I think I'm pretty safe to like save one of those at least until the third round. So actually, there's one that I'm not even seeing on the list that I'm actually picking right now, and it's JJ's Diner. The breakfast joint from Parks and Recreation. All right. So 202, JJ's Diner. And with JJ's, you get authentic local service from a kind restaurant owner and, like, really good wait staff, really good service. And the food there is by far the best, mostly because it's breakfast food, one of my all-time favorites. Um, So I think it's – even though it's a little diner, it's going to be hard to compete with – and I'm looking forward to seeing what Joe's second pick is. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to go with Krusty Burger. Ooh. Yes. And uh, Jake, it's interesting that you brought up uh, how many burger joints are on here. That is uh, going to become apparent that that's my, <laughs> my whole strategy is uh snagging all the burger joints so i believe i my third pick is right after right yeah you go back to back this round sweet so my third pick is going to be uh i do have some choices here i think i'm gonna go with the since i'm wearing my pulp fiction sweatshirt right now i'm gonna go with big kahuna burger from pulp fiction Classic choice. And I have to say, Pulp Fiction, the scene where Samuel L. Jackson is just intimidating the one schmuck who's sitting on the couch just by saying, oh, what kind of food is that? The Big Kahuna Burger is just one of my (laughs) favorite lines 
in any one of his movies. Um, so I respect the choice. It's, I mean, there's definitely a theme. Joe apparently really likes burgers. Listen, you'll, I'll make a case for it, but it's, I digress. You might have a slippery slope. I mean, you win all burgers. Yeah, but it'll be the best burger out of the entire world because it's all burger specialists all going ham on creating the most singular, perfect, divine burger that can be made. So I feel pretty confident in it. I, I feel like I'm pretty focused here. However, these are all fast food joints. So bear in mind that the quality of the yeah. ingredients will play into this and that you could potentially just get the greasiest, fattiest burger on this planet. Which, which have, I mean, I would still enjoy it, but, but for an Iron are, Chef and three judges, like it all depends on who we pick for judges, man. Exactly. Which I have a couple ideas about. But anyways, not to get too into my strategy, Jake, uh, what are you going with for your last pick? Well, considering that we have a plethora of options here, I'm actually surprised how little like pizza choices are. I think one of the few pizza pizza restaurants that we have on here was Pizza Planet from Disney. That is not my choice, but I just wanted to give that a quick little shout out. Um, I will say this is actually pretty tough because I was going to go with a similar route that you were going, Joe, with a just sticking with one theme. I was going to go with the three broomsticks, but EJ took that for yes. me with his second pick. Because <laughs> um, it was going to be the Green Dragon Inn, the three broomsticks, and I was going to try and steal uh, Gaston's Tavern from you, figuring that it's, it's Disney. I figured, thought you were going to go with that theme, but you you did surprise me. And I am absolutely monologuing to try and figure out which one I was going to pick. <laughs> I know I'm I'm really like torn because there's still a lot of great options on the board. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I also thought I was going to pick uh, Shalom Kosher Grill, which was the shawarma place from Avengers, but I am not going to go with that. I think I really should just go with another burger joint, considering everybody has burgers on their menu, but. Are you going to compete with, with me, though? I've got three burgers. Yeah, you you're, know, you're hurting yourself by picking burgers. That's a, that's an excellent point. Keep in, keep in mind, can all... you really trust me and EJ right now? We're trying to win this. That's true. Yeah. I mean, some of the ones that are left for people listening, we've got the uh, Chocolate Factory from Willy Wonka. We've got uh, Moe's Tavern from Simpsons. We've got the Drunken Clam. Casa Benita from South Park. Great, great picks here. Um, I might go with... I'm probably going to kick myself for this, but I'm probably <laughs> going to go with Gaston's Tavern. Wow. I we'll go through with it. It'll be my one Disney pick. Um, and the type of service you're going to get there. You're going to get a lot of singing, I tell you that much. Um, <laughs> sure and fighting. Are a lot of masculinity there as well that is very true but with coinciding with my two other picks i think i'm sitting pretty right here and i can't wait to reveal my judge in the next round but we have one more pick how do we want to do judges that's another question i think we we each get one pick and there will be three judges we each pick one of them that way it's sort of fair it's not like anyone has any too much power we all have a say. And I think it should be 
real people. If they're fictional restaurants, I want to know what real people think of them now. Do you guys agree? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess. I mean, there are certain fictional characters, though, that I would pick who would probably lean towards some of my choices. But you're right. To keep it fair, we'll, we'll stick with real individuals. But are you guys thinking judges who don't know food or who do know food? You guys don't have to reveal just yet because we still have one more pick on the docket. But what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with someone who knows food. I'm going with the pick who is sort of into it. You'll see. Well, EJ, um, is your final pick in or do you need My final pick is in. I've had time to think about it and look it over. So um, I couldn't escape this without picking a Disney option. And I will say Casa Bonita had a strong final push. Pizza Planet and the Most Isley Cantina all were there in consideration. But I have to go with Gusto's Restaurant from Ratatouille, the rat of all my dreams, making an appearance on this list, some fine French cuisine, chef's kiss. Love it. Lock it in. Wow, that's um, – I'm happy to see that Disney finally made your list. I almost went – I almost, this was, might have been the first list I could have nonned on Disney, but it, it always will prevail. It's another one where you know exactly who's making your food. The the little rat. Well, the the rat is controlling the humans, which is even better. <laughs> You've got a, a animated sponge and a rat controlling <laughs> a human. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Bone apple teeth, as they say. There are no health code violations here. <laughs> nope, we don't do that. <laughs> okay. All so. right. For, but it's, yeah. it's chef, it's uh, Iron Chef judge time. Who's going to judge this this competition? Well, I think we should go in the same order that we just went in. So, Joe, who is your first choice on the panel of judges? So my choice for judge of our little competition that we're doing between the fictional restaurants is going to be uh, my man, Snoop Dogg. Uh, because no digging it dog. He's he is a you know, everyone knows that he's a rapper, but he's getting more and more into the commercial space. He has a few partnerships with brands that he advertises for, and he's friends with Martha Stewart. And um, wow, he's, amazing. He's a you know he's a businessman, and I think if we can impress him with our food, he could you know potentially partner with our our uh, creations down the line snoop dogg's a big brand i'm not gonna lie yeah he's a he's a smart guy uh so that's that's my pick that's a solid pick um for my second pick or our second judge that'll be on our panel i went with somebody who is all about the fresh ingredients somebody who has been in the area of food for years and he is none other but mr gordon ramsay himself he is well-traveled all right. over the world, knows all about the freshest ingredients. I believe he trained in culinary school out in France, so he knows a thing or two. I mean, that, and I'm all, and all my restaurants are all about the fresh ingredients, and I think he'll respect that a lot. So I'm locking in Gordon Ramsay. All right. Well, Gordon Ramsay was in my top two, but the person that I absolutely want to judge my food 
is Guy Fieri. <laughs> the third judge. We're going to Flavortown, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Guy Fieri, Gordon Ramsay. Unbelievable lineup. What a diverse crew. Yeah, yeah. Those are uh, those are all solid, you know, solid figures in the entertainment world. Okay, so we know all of our picks. We know our judges. What's what's next, Jake? So next, I mean, it's an Iron Chef challenge. So we are going to have to figure out what food items are coming next from each of our respected restaurants. Um, Joe, I kind of have a feeling I know what's coming from your end. <laughs> so how about we go in reverse order? EJ, do you want to start us off by talking about what your restaurants could bring to the table? Um, now, are, are we talking like just a full meal or are we like the one signature item? So as far as my understanding, at least for the Iron Chef version, it's normally they do like a couple different meals and people get knocked off along the way. But for us, I think we should just stick with one meal um, and there's going to be like some unique twist to it normally. So however you want to divide it up because it's your unique three restaurants that combined into one delicious meal or monstrosity. Oh, I like I kind of like that if you pick something unique from each restaurant. To like make one ultimate meal, yeah, because that makes that makes my life easy. Because I'm telling you right now, we're taking a Krabby Patty from the Krusty Krab, we're taking a butter beer from the Three Broomsticks. <laughs> Gusto's restaurant is is where it gets a little interesting. So Remy is French, right? And we kind of have our main course in the Krabby Patty, and we have our drink. So we we kind of need a side, all right? So Let's see. Let me think here. Famous French cuisine. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something different, you know. I I could go punny and I could say French fries, but I'm going to refrain from doing that. Another thing that comes to mind is like escargot, which is snail. But I would be remiss if I did not include ratatouille in my meal. So we would have a Krabby Patty from the Krusty Krab with a butterbeer drink from the Three Broomsticks, and to wrap it off, Chef Remy's signature ratatouille. That is my final submission meal. And can you talk a little bit about how your kitchen staff is going to interact with each other and get along in the process? Because this is a competition, and it can get quite heated back there uh, in the kitchen. Um, I, <laughs> You know, the good news is uh, SpongeBob is going to be the hardest worker in the room. So uh, SpongeBob is going to do whatever he needs to do to get the job done. And I know <laughs> I can count on him and his trusty spatula to get a Krabby Patty whipped up in no time. Uh, I think the head honcho would absolutely be Remy. Um, he would be, you know, calling the shots via his human. And, uh, you know, Remy runs a restaurant. I don't think a lot. He runs the restaurant. So he has passed signature evil critics reviews he's he's past the flying colors and then with the butter beer i mean it's literally magic i have literal magic that i can use to make my butter beer and spruce it up it's it's gonna be hard to beat this meal guys but i guess we'll go to we'll go to you joe how is your burger dynasty gonna stack up <laughs> with these three chefs that's a pretty good plan i like how you take a little bit from 
each for their own, you know, food group and you bring it like three distinct items uh, into one meal. I would want to just make one burger. I'd put all the collective heads of the Good Burger crew, the Big Kahuna Burger crew, the Krusty Burger crew, put all of them together and say, guys, we're making one burger. It has to be the best burger that you've ever had. And it's it's just going to be our one thing. Everyone's working together on one thing, not everyone you know make their own thing, which I think is an interesting place where we're going to diverge a bit in our strategy. But basically, Good Burger is all about – that movie is basically uh, Ed, the main character of Good Burger, saves – the crappy, you know, rundown burger joint from being overtaken by the big new Mondo burger with his special sauce. The special sauce that Ed has is just so good that people can't deny it. They can't get enough of it. And it like basically brings all of the customers to them. So we're going to have good burgers, special sauce from crusty burger. Crusty burger is kind of like, at least to my memory, like the shitty, greasy, don't feed your children this. It's basically poison, like fast food version right. of a burger. Right. And I think we'll take all the grease and grime from the Krusty Burger burgers and add that, which is just the absolute like unhealthiest stuff, but it makes it. I mean, of... realistically, we all crave the grease. That's that's the part. That's exactly. Good. So we've got the sauce from Good Burger. We've got the grease from Krusty Burger. So far, things are going really well. Big Kahuna Burger, I don't know what to add from them, except all I can think of is Samuel L. Jackson pointing a gun and holding the burger. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the paper bag that the burger comes in and going to put a loaded gun in there. And then the judges are going to get the bag with a loaded gun inside as a message to say, if you don't pick this burger, you know what's going to happen to you. I, I think that's illegal. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that's fair competition. It's a, little, it's a little bit of bribery, a little bit of extortion. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, <laughs> the, the judges are not going to go for this. First of all, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg would not this. fall for this shit at all. <laughs> he, no, he would stand up and stop it. Um, Gordon Ramsay, I have no idea. Gordon, are, Gordon right, Ramsay but, would shoot you. He'd be like, you donkey. <laughs> you in the face. You would well, just pick up the two slices of bread and put it right in between your ears and say, what are you, an idiot sandwich? That's right. <laughs> you know, I think from Big Kahuna Burger, if not a loaded gun, we'll just add the um, delivery person will be Samuel L. Jackson. And he will say, you know, eat your motherfucking burger. Okay. You, see, see that that does add to the appeal. I would, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's part of the guest. It's part of the, you know, the experience of it. And he will have the gun in his back pocket if things don't go our way. So So you're kind of going like a dick slash resort type of vibe here where dicks, they just insult. They give you a a dunce cap or whatever with a. Mm -hmm some kind of word written on it that's meant to insult you and they just do nothing but are rude to you in person. So you're kind of going for more of that vibe. I'm going for the vibe where we're anticipating insults from Gordon Ramsay. We're going to beat him to the punch with our own Samuel L. Jackson. All right. 
That's definitely different. Uh, that's it's, really it's, out there and a bold move. Let's see I was going to say, Jake, there's time. two very different approaches. So I'm curious to see the <laughs> route that you go here. Um, I mean, I'm going more of the subtlety route. And I was thinking about, you know, JJ's Diner is going to have to be my main entree here. Um, and they incorporate, you know, really good specialty omelets. They incorporate some of the best waffles that you can ever eat. So that's going to be all part of my main dish. Um, on top of that, the head, who's JJ himself, he just cares about the customer, just cares about taking care of you. He brings in the really sweet vibe of just an overall wholesome experience, um, followed by your entertainment from Gaston's Pub with a lot of, you know, shouting and drinking and being merry, they're going to incorporate uh, the alcoholic beverage that will go with this meal. And it's a nutty Irishman, which is just coffee. There's, I think, a version of hazelnut liqueur in it, and it'll pair well with the breakfast. And lastly, from the Lord of the Rings, uh, yeah, the Green Dragon Inn, will provide some of the baked goods sides that go with it, either scones or muffins. And that's going to come in with some of the fresh ingredients that I know Gordon Ramsay is definitely going to love. And this is the sort of hearty, feel-good meal that I think Guy Fieri is going to enjoy. And Snoop Dogg, depending if he smoked a couple J's or not, is going to <laughs> truly indulge in. So that's um, that's what I got for my meal coming at you. You and do I'd have the, the baked kind of aspect going for you because neither of us have that in our menus joe yeah no i i think um going with alcohol is another good idea mm-hmm. uh, i don't think either of us went to alcohol for ours but uh you you have a very well thought out balanced meal well plated well you know balanced and everything and on top of that, just the showmanship between the singing from Gaston's, that you can get some singing from the Green Dragon Inn and some, and what I think is some salty shanties that they like to throw out there. And then again, just like all around customer service coming in from JJ's Diner. Hmm. Okay. So we've laid out all our all our cards on the table now. Uh, how are we gonna decide the winner here? I. I don't know. I, we might like because we're all gonna vote for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, we might have to debate well, me, it. We, we might have to post this one on social media and let social media yeah. decide. I think yeah. so, but at the same time, EJ, let me ask you this: How would you defend Joe's pick and saying that his would be the winner? So, my thing with Joe's is. Almost everyone enjoys a very good burger. Uh, I feel like, Joe, your toughest judge would be Gordon Ramsay, truthfully. Um, Guy Fieri is going to love it, assuming the burger itself is pretty tender. And I feel like Snoop Dogg's going to – I feel like Snoop Dogg's really going to like it. Um, I don't know a lot about, like, what you're going to do for a side or a drink. But in terms of the food you are putting out there, yours is probably going to be the best because you're putting all of your efforts into one burger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas we, Jake, we do have diversity, but that also puts us at risk because if one part of the meal is weak, it hurts the overall meal. Right. Right. And that's understandable. But Joe, how would you how would you defend my choice in 
trying to get the judges to make their claim for all the good hearty food. Well, I think that yours is definitely going to win over Gordon Ramsay, probably the most out of either EJ or I, just because of the, not just even the fresh ingredients, which I know is his like kink that he's crazy about, but the way that you sort of pick things that go well together, I think that's a good strategy. Whereas, you know, EJ's got butterbeer, uh, ratatouille and uh, Krabby Patty, like stuff that may or may not be a good mesh. I don't know. I've never had all those, you know, three things in one sitting, but you've got stuff that goes well together. I think it will be a overall crowd pleaser. I'm not sure Snoop Dogg is going to look at that and know exactly what it is. He'll be like, what is, you know, this is, this is weird. I'm not used to eating stuff like this, but um, Guy Fieri also, he's a, you know, a professional, so he'll probably appreciate the the taste that you've crafted. I think your toughest judge is going to be Snoop Dogg. Right, and to defend yours, EJ, actually, can you remind me what your side was going to be? You said your main dish was going to be the ratatouille meal. What was your side? No, so the main dish is going to be the Krabby Patty because it's oh, the okay. Ratatouille is, is somewhat of like a soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of going with like the Olive Garden mentality where you mm-hmm. start with a soup or a salad. Mm-hmm. Um and then butterbeer is very sweet. So you have the soup, which is going to be savory, the burger, which is savory, and then the, the sweet butterbeer. Right. And, I, and I'd and i have to agree with you. There is no competing with a Krabby Patty because it is arguably the, one of the most addicting you know, meals out there, out in the fictional TV world, um, especially the episode where you see Squidward gain some real thunder thighs um, <laughs> just from eating a mountain high pile of Krabby Patties. Um, And I think you would win the overall presentation factor because Ratatouille itself has just like a really nice presentation to it. Yes, it does. Thanks to your your head chef. Yep. And then I would absolutely agree with you on top of the butterbeer. Considering I've never had it, but just listening to both of you preach about it and from what I've heard other people say about it, it sounds like one of the most delicious beverages that you can possibly have to wash down one of the most addicting foods that you could ever eat so it it would be hard to uh, say no to uh, your presentation on top of your food so if we all agree that all of our our food would be equally competitive now service though what would you guys say would be best and worst service well your service is going to be good jake because it's all these you know trained ins and and you know professional servers ej i don't know what <laughs> i mean you have squidward I, you have uh listen we all have squidwards in our lines of businesses <laughs> you, you could have the you could have like some animated broomsticks walk out like uh like in fantasia, fantasia yeah. walk out with the plates and that could be kind of cool i'm sure it would blow the minds of all our judges possible um i think you know i i have a strong argument for my own with Samuel L. Jackson walking down the aisle and slapping a greasy bag on the on the judge's table and saying, motherfucker, here's your fucking burger. I think that's just, you know, it's a hoot and a holler. So I, I think they all got solid presentations. I think they're all equal. It, it's I, tough to compare just because they're all – Jake, yours is going to be the most – like what they expect. Good presentation, good service. Mine's going to be – entertainment and 
Joe's is going to be like, it's going to be like that shock factor. Mm-hmm. Very, very different experiences. I, each judge is going to react very differently to each of those. I will say that um, the violence factor, I think, is going to be there for all three, considering Joe, there's a gun in the bag. Myself, where <laughs> Gaston's bar is all about, you know, you know, masculinity and got dudes fighting each other. Um, and I believe you get the same deal at the Green Dragon Inn once all those hobbits got nice and slizzard. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then buddy. EJ, with yours, SpongeBob is equally the hardest worker there, but he is also um, too hardworking in a sense where he has also proven to be somewhat destructive of the Krusty Krab. Yes. Um, so the violence factor is there, and that would make for some serious entertainment on all three fronts. So... I think it just comes down to a vote. If you could not vote for yours, who would you vote for? <laughs> I'm going to vote for yours, Jake, because EJ, I think you have individually, I think you have the three like best individual dishes. Yeah. But combined as a, as a unit, as a meal, I'm not sure that they all would mesh together. That's my only thing. No, that's fair. And I would probably vote for EJ. I would probably vote for yours. And just because I think you have a very strong, compelling argument with all the food that you have and how good each one is individually. And plus, I think you would have probably one of the better of the presentations because I would be absolutely terrified if Samuel Jackson said, say what one more time with a gun <laughs> in a bag. Uh, it's, it's really interesting because I think from a meal perspective, I would pick Jake because it's so diverse. But I think if I'm evaluating the entire package, I'm going to go with Joe's because you're putting all of your efforts into that one burger. There's not, And again, it's a high-risk, high-reward scenario. But if you get a bad batch of something from Gaston's Tavern or if you get a bad ratatouille, we're, we're in trouble, Jake. But Joe's Kitchen gets to entirely focus on the presentation and taste of one meal. And... I've, I've watched my fair share of cooking shows. Presentation is a big deal for a guy like Gordon Ramsay. And by focusing on this one burger, you really get to focus on how it looks. Yeah, it is a high, a high risk, high reward because you only have the one. And it's like right. you can't like fall back on one other side dish or one beverage. And so it's a big risk just doing one single burger, especially in the hands of uh, Samuel Jackson with the gun. I can't. I can't get over that. That's the, the gun is like one the gun of the, is like, a little sus, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I will do whatever it takes. But like that's that's the reason why I didn't pick yours was I, because I think I'd be too terrified to eat if I had a gun in my face. Listen, if if I don't go outside the box, then I don't feel like I'm doing myself a service. So that's All about the presentation. I, I and there's no it. gun with our meals, so. It's look. You used to get Happy Meals as a kid, as a, yeah, well, as a, yeah, you know, for Wendy's Burger gun. King. If a, a if a gun came in your meal, it's like chicken. a it's like a Happy Meal. It's, it's like different when somebody's holding the gun. It's just call it the 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 toy that comes in the kids' meal. Okay, well, I hope not for most <laughs> of everyone's sake, but uh, we really did not accomplish much because we're still kind of back at square one. We're all pretty invested in our meals. We might have to take to social media. We're going to have to post yeah. on all of our own, too, so there's no, like, bias. Um, and we'll just tally the cumulative votes who gets the most. 
And yeah, this is one that's going to have to be decided by the listeners because it's it's I think it's too close. I think it's something that there's no real advantage. We're all have pretty solid cases. But yeah, curious to hear what the public thinks. Yeah. And and who they would choose and if you choose someone different um or different restaurants. Personally, I think we're going to post this to the public and everybody's going to look at this and be like, what the hell are these guys even talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. What, what are they selling? Chocolate. Yeah. You have, to, in a bag. you have to listen to the episode as a context, uh, definitely. Yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta listen to the whole episode, folks. But uh, that was a great list, guys. But we do have a New Year's resolution as well. That we do. It is time to get to our favorite segment and start just discussing the albums that we had picked for ourselves from the previous week um this week we came in with herbie hancock's headhunters for the group listen and then we'll then we have our individual albums that we had to focus on um i get i can start off with this one um i actually went with an outside source to try and learn a little bit more about Herbie Hancock. Um, I listened to the album first and I actually called my grandparents and my grandfather is actually a big jazz enthusiast. He's been playing, um, you know, jazz percussion for probably over 40 years and he's still playing to this day. Um, so he's somebody who mentioned that it's like Herbie Hancock was, uh, collaborated with Miles Davis a lot. Um, he's a great pianist and, it was kind of almost kind of like a hip hoppy, jazzy vibe. Um, this this album came out in the 70s, and it also opened the door to a lot of electric style instruments, which um, ultimately helped influence some modern day music, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, personally, I actually kind of liked um, the very, or not the very first song. I think I enjoyed Watermelon Man the most. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely with its intro, it started off a little slow at first. I wasn't sure what I was listening to um, with some of the flutes in there. But I liked the second the guitar chimed in, I think a minute and 18 seconds. And by four minutes and 11 seconds, I was absolutely bopping to this. And it was mm-hmm. just such a nice, relaxing uh, listen. And I'd love to hear what you, Joe, have to say about it than you, EJ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had high hopes for this just because... Herbie Hancock's a name that I've heard a lot, but I've never, ever really sat down and listened to in full. And um, my experience listening to this was I put it on. I liked the first song, Chameleon. I, I dug it a lot. I heard the second song, Watermelon Man. And I think like halfway through the song, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm buying this record on ebay i'm looking right now like i'm gonna i hadn't even listened to the full thing yet but i just heard that song and i was like this is this is great this is awesome um uh that song obviously is my favorite it sounds like it's your guys's favorite too um but just how the music it changes over the course of each song it you know starts off as as one sort of beat and melody and it over time gradually changes until it sounds like a completely different song like you could skip around and each song's like five to ten minutes long you can skip around in the track and it's going to sound completely different depending on where you are and this is just great music to have on in the background of doing anything and um it's also just 
really good to to vibe out to. So uh, this is probably the first hit with all of us. I mean, I like jazz. Um, you know, my dad always listened to jazz when I was growing up, and I really did not like it as a kid. But as I've gotten older, I really like jazz music and just kind of the atmosphere it creates and the talent that goes into jazz music. Um, I agree with you guys. The best song on the album was Watermelon Man. It just, it, it sounds so stupid, but it just hit different. That song, like the whole album was was really enjoyable. Um, There's only four or five songs. Some, like Watermelon Man was only five minutes, but a few of the songs were like 10 or 15 minutes. And it wasn't like a chore to sit through. I, I listened to it in my car. I listened to it walking in and out of work. And then I listened to it a little bit in my apartment and it, it kind of just fit in all of those places which is a great thing for an album when it can kind of set the scene for for different moods different settings i i definitely would recommend this album to somebody um and it was just i, I just enjoyed jazz it was, some of the instruments were really really weird but it, it was i could see how this album led to current jazz and that's really what makes this album so interesting I feel like the song Vein Melter would have been a lot better to listen to live. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I feel like it's something that you you really want to like sink into and kind of lose yourself into. I think hence the name Vein Melter. Um, and personally, I love the drums aspect to it the most. But I think that one lost to Watermelon Man just because I wish I could have heard it live. I wish I could have heard heard um, Herbie Hancock just perform it with his band. Um, and then Sly, what I think was my least favorite of the album. And there's only the four. I think two of the songs, one was like 15 minutes long, I think. Another was mm-hmm. 10. The first two songs were my favorite. I think the Watermelon Man in particular is great because it starts off with this really weird, like sort of hooting sound. Yes. And it sounds like someone, you know, like playing a flute backwards or something. And it just from there it just like it adds one more sound to that and the beat grows and it adds one more sound on top of that and it sort of reminds me like it it, works it's not like this weird cacophony of sounds it's a working jazz song yeah it has a flow to it so i what do you guys rate it i think for me i'd probably give it a strong eight out of ten i think i would give it a seven out of ten i love jazz i I could listen to this. I would probably give it a seven and a half out of 10 just because some of the instruments at some points in the songs were kind of, they would throw me off. But honestly, I can totally see why you would want to purchase this album, why you want to own it and listen to it over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually one last little piece of trivia and then we can move on to our own individual albums. But I think uh, from what I read on the internet, Herbie chose the name headhunters for his bands while doing Buddhist chanting. And I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> uh, it's a callback to our very first group album that we listened to. It's right. all connected. Coltrane. Yep. It really is. And with that being said, let's move on to our own individual albums. Um, EJ, what did you think? Uh, so I know you guys picked this album for me. I listened to Cheryl Crow's album, Cheryl Crow. I don't know why <laughs> these singers name albums after themselves. Um, it's, it's, it was fine. The, you know, I, I do listen to a lot of mainstream music. And so hearing Every Day is a Winding Road, 
if it makes you happy. I mean, I remember hearing those songs on the radio when I was a kid, and it kind of did bring me back. But the best way I can describe this album is it feels like your friend invites you to a live music concert in your hometown. You're like, hey, let's go check out this person. You agree to it. And, like, it's not bad, but it's not good. <laughs> That's putting it's, it very delicately. It's, it, okay. it, it feels very, like, uh, outdoor concert mixed with, like, acoustic. A very just kind of, like, chill, like, strumming your guitar vibe. It's cool. Uh, I, like, I mean, it was cool hearing the songs that I grew up with, but it wasn't, like, I, I don't need to listen to this album again. Mm-hmm. Wow, what's your uh, what's your score? I I'm gonna give it a five out of ten, just because again, <laughs> I there are songs on here I enjoy, like I really did enjoy listening to, uh, but the rest of the songs again it just kind of felt like I was at an outdoor concert against my will, uh, <laughs> and again the experience the atmosphere was great, but oh man it was just yeah. All right, next. Well, okay, next. I would say sorry to put you through that, but I'll be honest, it's rather enjoyable to see your misery after listening to some of that song. So uh, I'm very happy that we went with that one. Yeah. Yeah. What what about you, MC Hammer Jake? Um, so I had number four seventy six, um, Sparks uh, Kimono My House, which is the style of it is like a little glam rock, a little art pop. And believe it or not, they had me with the first song, not going to lie. Um, this, the song was uh, This Town Ain't Going to Be Big Enough for the Both of Us. And it was meant to be like a, it was meant to be a cliche that wasn't actually a cliche. Um, it was kind of upbeat, kind of poppy, and it had like a, this nice fast-paced piano work that they incorporated with it. So I'll admit it had like a kind of a catchy beat to it. But then I listened to the other 11 songs of this album, and that's where <laughs> you lost me. That's where they had me with the first song. Uh, and no. it, yeah, it just wasn't too spectacular. Um, I will say that the song title, I don't know. It's just like all of it was okay. The first song was probably best. And I think from what I read, that was like their initial hit sing- single. But that's probably the only one I'd probably listen to again from I think these two brothers who wrote the song um ultimately I'd probably give this either a two out of ten or a three out of ten and that three is really just the first song I did enjoy the fact that they did try and spice up the other songs by changing the rhythm and trying to change the tempo of each one to make it sound different so it wasn't just one mesh of like the same song 12 different times so I did appreciate that interesting how we're getting higher and higher on the list but it seems like we're you guys are liking the the picks less and less i suppose that's our fault for picking the ones that we do but it's just an interesting observation joe did you like your album (laughs) well okay i listened to amor prohibido by (laughs) selena (laughs) For those of you who don't speak Spanish, that means Forbidden Love. And this was released in 1994. So Selena is kind of hot right now. She has a show on Netflix that just came out. And 
she's being you know brought back into the public eye. Yeah, I. She was on track to be like what J Lo is right now, though, right? Like she was going to be a yeah a global or superstar. bigger. Yeah. Yeah, she she died one year after this album came out, wow. which is like a, like a, a year and sixteen days after, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, and this was like a hugely popular album. I initially didn't really care for it. Um, first of all, I'm not the target audience for this because it's completely in Spanish and you know I think you have to be a fluent Spanish speaker to get the most out of the artist's words and lyrics and intentions and just you know just by virtue of not being fluent in Spanish I'm you know at best like semi-proficient just a lot of that was lost on me but I will say the music did get better as I listened to it like the first song I listened to, I really wasn't feeling it. It's just kind of like very over the top, very ballady, very just very poppy. My favorite song is called El Chico del Apartamento Cinco Doce, which is the 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 boy in apartment 512. And it's it's got like a really really catchy sort of like hook to it. Nice. Um, the way she sings it. I, I can't rep, replicate it, but I just listened to that that song and I saved it to my library because I was like, this is this this really hits. This is really it hits I was different, man. I was, yeah. I was vibing to it in Target. I was walking and I heard this and I was like, wait a minute, this is actually kind of good. And I, you know, the rest of it I kind of just you know all grayed together and I sort of zoned out too. But um, aside from one or two songs on this, yeah, I would. I probably wouldn't listen to it again. I, I just, I think it's, I'm not, I'm not the person that's meant for, but I would give it a five out of 10. That's still pretty generous. Yeah. That's yeah. That one song that I liked, I really liked, like I could listen. I would kind of want to listen to it right now as we're speaking. Wow. That's that's how much I like it. Send that, send that song my way. I want to listen to it. Um, Yeah, man. I'm definitely a big fan of like that style, like Latina music. Like I, I'll admit, like I listen to that sort of stuff regularly. So I think I would be the target audience for her yeah. album. El Chico so, del Apartamento Cinco Doce. Let me tell you what's on the menu for our group lesson this week. I, as always, did my random number generator from one to five hundred, and the, the number it landed on is four hundred thirty-nine. So we're back into the four hundreds. Okay. And I'll spoil it so that you guys don't have to go on a scroll mission, but it is none other than James Brown with the album yes. Sex Sex Machine. Nice. I love James Brown. Man's a man's an inspiration. Yeah, so we're all gonna be sex machines this week and, and listen to Sex Machine. It's it's more jazz, right? It's yeah. it's I'd say like R and B soul type yeah. of yeah. like Motown. What year did um, it come out? 1970. I'm excited. Um, yeah, that's a good album. Yeah. So if you want to listen with us this week, listen to 439, James Brown, Sex Machine. And uh, for us poor souls who are picking our individual albums, we're picking from, what, 479 to 470? It's uh, no, 469 to 460. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. Thank God for you guys, because I don't know what I'm doing. 
I think EJ, you probably want to listen to Beach Boys and yeah. Rolling Stones. That is that is exactly it. Those are the two that I want. <laughs> uh, I knew Beach, it. I mean, Beach Boys. I'm I'm a big Beach Boys fan, but Rolling Stones, like they're a very popular group that I don't know I don't know a goddamn thing about. So I feel like I got to educate myself. But I also am looking at the the flying. <laughs> what number? What number? Four sixty two. You know, I would not be mad if I. It is country rock, so I I may enjoy it. The Flying Burrito Brothers, it's, the Kyle's <laughs> Palace of Sin. There's 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 a lot wow. of rare options in this section. I really I really want him to listen to the, the Flying Burrito Brothers. I, if, if that's so what you fun. guys choose, then I so, will listen so to the Flying Burrito. So how about this? Brothers. Let's let's go with the Flying Burrito Brothers for you, EJ. All right, that's that's fine. It's, I don't. 1969. It, I, I think it could have something that you might like in there. It honestly picked my interest when I read the caption, so I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. If we're going to put ourselves through the gauntlet, um, EJ, what are your thoughts on either for Joe? <laughs> we could keep a similar theme and go 469. Yeah, we could. Uh, Which is, uh, that's... We, if we're being <laughs> diverse, we have to no. go different. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, another Spanish album, please. Thank you. I, well... I wouldn't. I would not pick 465 because I feel like that's something. Just based off what the album cover kind of looks like, it looks like something similar to what Joe has already listened to. Um, what about top. 463? I was looking at that. Laura, uh, Nero, Nairo, Eli, and the Thirteenth Confession. Yeah. Gotta pick the most boring one. You're making me listen to the flying fucking burrito. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that comment, Joe, this is it. This is your album. This, uh, that's the okay. one you get. Have this fun is... with your Eli and the Thirteenth snooze fest. <laughs> this is just the most boring album cover out of the lot of them, but hopefully, it's better than I think. It's yeah, Laura Nairo. Eli and the 13th Confession from 1968. We're in the 60s. Joe, I don't know if you've been looking, but I I have one in mind for Jake. I mean... I, I've been I've been looking. I think... Um, uh, I wouldn't give him the Isley Brothers because that's... Uh, I feel like that's his, his jam. I, honestly, I'm thinking either Lord or Bon, bon Iver. Bon, bon Iver was the one I was going to go for. I knew yeah. it was going to be that one. I was just looking. It's, I'm like, it's the plainest looking album cover there is in this there, list. And there's one quote that says, I was very sad and very lonely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You're going to be you're gonna be in your feelings for this. Yeah, buddy. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. All right. Fair and enough. Shaping a generation's understanding of love-torn folk music. That's what Jake gets to listen to. Bon Iver's For Emma. A 2008 album. Okay, so I mean, from after that, I mean, that's it. We we did a full draft and we talked about our new favorite music. That's um, that's an episode right there. That's a wrap. That's <laughs> a trap. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts on the draft? Any final thoughts on future albums or past albums that we listen to? For those of you that listen, each of us is going to post on. Some kind of social media, as well as the Sand Dollar for Your Thoughts social media, which we're on Facebook. 
we we need the people who listen and our friends and family to vote on the winner of this and we will start the next episode with the results so make sure you vote on at least one of our social media polls or you vote on the sand dollar for your thoughts letting us know which fictional meal is the best if you're listening to this right now just reach out to us let us know who you thought won and uh i had a lot of fun next time we do this will be uh at the very end of january it's been a great month of doing this with you guys yeah i'm excited for the next episode whatever that may be kudos to you ej you were kind of this was kind of like your little brainchild so i have to give you tons of props this was Mm -hmm. fantastic i had a lot of fun with this we're always you know we're always going to do lists and whether it's the christmas movie way where we just list it off or it's our debate or this we're always going to find ways to make it interesting so i'm glad you guys liked it thanks for uh sticking it out with me and this has once again been sand dollar for your thoughts and we're going to sign off the best way we know how by saying leah later leah later leah later